Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. Wow. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I love it. I think, it, I think any promo is good promo, Brad. The worst talent. Okay. Well, I guess we'll, we'll take that for what's worth, right? <laughs> the worst talent. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's this is uh, this is Brad and John show BJ dot show. I am Brad. BJ show dot co. God, I did it again. That's okay. We're getting there, Brad. Every every repetition we get, yeah, we get better. I have the old thing of BJ a BS show with Shelley. Okay, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know where that came from. Mark Reardon. Yeah. I sent him a link to the show yesterday because we talked about him for one almost one entire break, and you know what his response was. I'm thanks. Not, no. He probably said thanks. No, he didn't. He said, I'm not going to listen to it. I never listen to anybody who talks about me. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> so, well, that shows the respect he has for you, Brad. Yeah, zero. No, it does, that, that, he, that he will listen to it, you know, no, that he, he cares about your opinion. He says he won't listen to it. Oh, I missed that word. Yes, he won't listen oh, to it. He okay. never listens to anything that anybody says about him. If somebody says, because he's always afraid, he says, I wonder if there's that quote. Here, Is I'll he look. afraid that, like, critics will influence his show? No, I'm going to read the exact quote, you know. Uh, first off, we complimented him out the wazoo, correct? Yeah. And I, and I told him, I said, it's 95% complimentary and 5%. My whole thing was, I didn't know, something he did I didn't like. No. About, about McCloskey. That's McCloskey, yeah, the fact. He would yeah. call him a non-candidate, blah, 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 blah. Which, I, once again, let the voters decide. If the voters decide that Mark McCloskey is got 3% of the state vote, then he is a non-issue. But when he's running for the office, it's not his job to declare someone a non-candidate. And my mm-hmm. exact example of that was Donald Trump coming down the, right. the escalator in 2016 saying, saying we're running for president. People, oh, he's not going to be. He's just. So, what you're, so Mark says that he doesn't read, like he doesn't want to hear either a review of him or feedback about his performance. Um. He says, I haven't listened to your clips. I don't really enjoy hearing myself being talked about. Okay. Hey, that's his prerogative. Okay. That's fine. Okay. That's that's all good. Okay. So he has Nick Schroyer, or however you pronounce his name, on Nick yesterday. Schroer, yep. And Nick's talking about the what fact is it, that- Is this yesterday? Yeah, yesterday afternoon. Okay. And Nick's talking about, well, you know, I'm thinking about that congressional third district, and you know what? I understand that Ann Wagner is not going to run for re-election, so I may actually take a look at 2nd District because apparently where he's at, he's in 2nd District and not in 3rd District. And what's so funny about it is everybody who's so pretty much announced that they're going to run for 3rd District, uh, the uh, Blaine Luchtemeyer uh, seat, is not in the 3rd District, <laughs> right? And do you, you know the follow-up to Nick's interview? Well, the follow-up is like, 20 minutes later, Ann Wagner announces she's running for re-election. Absolutely. That's right. Now, I don't know if they're correlated or not. I'm sure Ann had that statement ready because once Blaine starts talking about it, there was definitely 
social media chatter about it. And look, Ann Wagner is not spending her time scrolling through Twitter, wondering what people are saying about her, but folks on her staff are. And, and they were like, look, we got to get something out about this or else people are going to start wondering if you're going to go. Right, right, right. Well, see, you know, here we go once again. I've never had any conversation, either positive or negative, with Nick Schroyer. He absolutely positively avoids me. If there's an event I'm at, if I go talk to him, I mean, literally, he sometimes he'll see me come in and he'll walk away. And I'm going like, I don't quite understand what the deal with him is. You know, I've never done anything bad to him, you know. and Is and, it maybe because, maybe because the other day you only had one eye, you said? <laughs> you had a scratch cornea. Maybe he has an aversion to people with scratch corneas. I, I mean, maybe, maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, the, the only problem I had, if you know the crazy weird story, is that he was at one point in time when he was a state rep before he was a senator, he was being challenged by the fact that he didn't live in the district. You know that crazy story. Yeah, the whole residency. Thing, right, right. right. Yep. And supposedly he was renting a basement from some woman in O'Fallon and you know and and yeah. and quite honestly between you and me the story sounded pretty flimsy to me you know i mean because and the crazy thing about it was that he claimed that that his kid was was the reason he actually had a house that his his wife and son or daughter West of his family lived in down in Defiance, but he lived in in a rented house. He lived in a basement of a house in O'Fallon. I'm going like, okay, now hold on a minute. And the reason for that was he said he moved into the Francis Howell School District because they had a very special program that they didn't have in Fort Zumwalt. And I ran into Dr. Bernie Dubray, who just retired not too long ago, who was the superintendent for a long time at Fort Zumwalt. And I asked him point blank. One day I said, Bernie, I heard that, I said, actually I didn't say Bernie, I said, Dr. Dr. You know, Dr. Dubray, Dubray uh, explain to me this situation with Nick Schroyer saying that the program that you don't have, they have in, in, in Francis Howell. And his response, normally Dr. Dubray is a very measured, diplomatic. diplomatic guy. He uttered a couple of four-letter words and wow. said it was BS. <laughs> yeah. Now, you would also expect, and just to play devil's advocate here, you would also expect that somebody who's been a longtime part of the education establishment might not be fun, might not be fond of a guy that's, that generally uh, pokes at the establishment. Well, see, I, you know, you deal with, this is your, your bread and butter. You deal with politicians all day long on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah. I, to a certain extent, I do as well too. Part of yeah. what I do is I come in contact with, as a matter of fact, I used to have one, we used to have the old talk station, which was, you know, the mouth KWMO. We had Brian Nieves, who at the time yeah. was a state rep and we had state Senator and the guy who got his, his, his start in on radio was, Brian, I know who it Brian is. Nieves. Can I give people a hint? Yeah, go ahead. He's now at SSM. Well, He's no, now no, a lobbyist, right? no, no. Well, that was a long time ago. That was that was uh, that was Justin Alferman. But I'm thinking yeah. of Tim Jones. Tim Jones used to come in on Brian Nevis's show. Oh, nice. He, he was like a guest. You know, he was like a guest. He'd just show up every once in a while. It was funny. We we talked about we had the open door policy. Literally, the door of the radio station was open, and people would really, literally come into the radio station, sit down across the the the, de the desk from Brian, and and get on the air. And that was yeah. one of the things. And and Tim Jones was one of those guys. But you know, there's a side of the politicians to me. It's like, okay, whatever. Now, there's some guys. I have a lot of respect for Steve Elman, who is the county executive, St. Charles County. Mm -hmm. I think he's one of these guys that really does 
care. And he's in a position in his life right now where he's already announced this is his last term. As, you know, he's, I think, in his early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. He's already announced he's not going to run for re-election. He's up in, what, 2026, 20, I guess it is. It's 20, yeah. hard to believe I was thinking about that for a minute. Here. And probably a good decision for him not to run for re-election. Right. But, and what, he's done a great job with the county. You know, I mean, a lot of people, the whole county council, I mean, let's face it, St. Charles County, is the place to be now. I know people are going to say, oh, I can't believe he said that. but It absolutely is. Well, it, absolutely it, is. it sure as hell beats the city of St. Louis, right? Matter yeah. of fact, and matter- also, let's, <clears throat> excuse me, real briefly though, let's talk about this because the Republican Party that Steve Ellman ascended into in the 1990s is a much different party than the Republican Party today. Oh, there's no doubt and about that. And the political climate is way different today. Right, 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 right. But the interesting part of it is, and let's say the, you know, the, the, the planets align to make St. Charles County it is what it is today because I, I've always told the story when I moved into St. Charles County back in 1984, my boss, Ron Grubbs, who was a West County snob, I was on the air one day working at the old, the old KSLQ slash KY98. He's the one that rebranded us as KY, the, the jelly station. But anyway, um, he walked in the studio one day and he says, hey, Brad, I hear you're moving to St. Charles County. And I said, yeah, Ron. He says, are you buying a single wide or a double wide? So Very was, classist. Right. Very classist of him. <laughs> well, that's like, he used to always talk about the fact that if his salespeople were going on, going on sales calls in Fenton, they had to wear a leisure suit with a white belt and white shoes. You know, that was Ron Grubbs. But now once upon a time in Fenton, that was true. But not that case anymore. Fenton's got some very, very, very nice houses. There's very expensive area in Fenton. I mean, like... Now, yeah, but but Brad, let, let's go back to the idea of, you know, you deal with political people a lot. Here's here's my thesis. Even though you've dealt with political people for, you know, your entire radio career for 50 years, I think I would make the argument that you have your expectations for public officials and particularly politicians in 2024 are way too high. I think your standards are way too high. And I don't say that that's not a backhanded compliment. That's not a compliment or an insult. I think that you come from an era where you expect elected officials to have some kind of sense of greater purpose and to put the public good ahead of Facebook and Twitter likes. And I would make the argument that that is wildly unrealistic. Well, I guess. I mean, to, to me, it's like, you, you know, who do you want? The, the sad part of it is, and exactly what you said, there's so much gotcha stuff going on with Facebook and Twitter nowadays to the point where the really good people, I shouldn't say the really good people, but a lot of the really good people would say, hey, why don't you run for office? Not doing that. you know. Absolutely. <laughs> not not well, having... the, the argument I make, too, and, and for our Democratic friends, I think this is a challenge that they face. If you are a young, let's say you're a young progressive attorney and uh, you're a white male progressive attorney, let's say. So just suspend disbelief here, Brad. Or, a, or, or just a young female attorney, and you're in St. Louis County, and you're kind of thinking of running for office because there's an open state rep seat, do you want to go through 18 months of a campaign where you have to win a primary, where you have to get on the phone and humble yourself and beg people for contributions so that five months out of a year, you can drive to Jefferson City and make peanuts and have people misrepresent every word you say, or you can keep earning the salary you're earning and spend every night in bed and not deal with people taking shots at you on Facebook. Well, it's not even close. Yeah, now the I, argument that you would make to a Republican is, "Hey, don't you want to come serve in the supermajority? It's a lot of fun. We do a lot of cool stuff. People want to talk to you." But if you're a Democrat, how do you recruit a Democrat to put themselves through that? 
Well, you tell them uh, you're going to be working with Corey Bush. Absolutely. <laughs> did, you see, did you see what I sent you, Brad? Yes. Unbelievable. It's fantastic. Maybe she's, we should talk about that. She's, let's talk about it next break. She's once again calling for reparations for black people. Is, is hey, it, Brad, and this is my opportunity to point out that I am 1% Senegalese. But, so I don't know how you can make an argument that I don't deserve reparations. You know, the, the, once again, I had this conversation with someone yesterday who said something that sort of bothered me. And <laughs> was it me? I, no, it wasn't you, but I won't say who it was. But I, will, I said to this person, I said, you have to look forward, not backward. And the idea being that all of us in our lives have things we've been discriminated against. I mean, you know, once sure. again, I mean, I don't care. I mean, like, for example, it's funny. I, I, I told this story the other day. I, when I was a kid growing up in North County, I worked at Steak and Shake, okay? I was a curb boy, and I worked three nights a week, okay? And on the two weeknights I worked, we got off at 1 o'clock. By the time we swept up the lot and checked out, it was 1.30, quarter to 2, okay? I'm driving home through Florissant and unincorporated North County, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there were weeks when if I worked three days a week, I got pulled over three times. I got pulled over. Because you shouldn't be out that late? Right. Once again, yeah. you know, especially if you know the whole crazy story in Florissant, when they put the, I don't know if you know this crazy story, when they put the White Castle in Florissant right there at, what is that, Lindbergh, and I don't know what is that, Malamphy or something like that. I can't remember the cross street there. It's in front of that shopping center. When they put the White Castle there, Mayor, who was the guy, the, the guy, the, the Mayor Egan, Mayor Egan oh, wow. essentially declared that the White Castle could not be there unless they closed from 2 to 6 o'clock in the morning. It was the only White Castle in the country that closed. And what was the reason for that? Because Mayor Egan declared that there's no reason for anybody to be out in the streets between 2 and 6 o'clock in the morning. That's none, right, which ignores people that work late. Like right, you. none whatsoever. Yep. If you're out at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're up nothing to no good. good. Can right, old, nothing good right. can happen after midnight. So, idea. B... And so they talk about driving while black. <laughs> yeah. To me, it was driving while teenager. I got yeah, driving pulled. while a young I mean, man. And you probably weren't driving a Mercedes Benz. I was driving my, you know, my 62 Pontiac station wagon. And I, here's a perfect example. One night, I get pulled over by a Florissant cop. And this is, this is actually probably one of my funniest stories. And he's just grilling me. What are you doing? What are you doing out so late? Do what, are you in high school? Yes, I go to Hazelwood. What are you doing out? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's a weeknight. I'm, I go home, coming home from work. Where do you work? I work at Steak and Shake. I had a Steak and Shake uniform on. I go, <laughs> I got my Steak and Shake uniform. He says, you could buy those at the thrift store. You know, you don't, you don't have to work a Steak and Shake to, to, to uh, uh, you know, work. I go, I go, but you should know that I do work at Steak and Shake. And he says, why should I know? And I said, because two hours ago, you came in and I got you coffee. No way. I That's swear great. It was, it was, and he looked at me and he goes, oh, I do remember you. Get on your way. <laughs> so, you know, and once, and it's crazy as it may sound, my dad was an interesting guy. My dad was an, at the time, my owner was in high school, my dad was still in the Army Reserve. And my dad gave me an ammo can that was turned into a first aid kit. And he says, put this in your car. You might, you need it someday. I would get pulled over by the police. They would go through my first aid kit. You know, yeah. and they go like, what's well, in you, here? I mean, you look kind of suspicious, bro. Well, I mean, like, and one, the one cop said, what's a kid doing with a first aid kit? And I go, well, if you know my history, I may have to use, may have to use it on myself. You know what I mean? I'm, I may have to put the tourniquet on my arm when I cut my finger off or something like well, that. Well, yeah, knowing, knowing how you operate. But also, <laughs> right. none of this correctly refutes the notion that if somebody's 
ancestors were slaves 160 years ago. You should pay for that, Brad. Well, but I don't know why you haven't apologized yet. <sighs> you know, my, my dad. We're still waiting as a member of the Senegalese community. I'm still waiting for your apology. My dad is an illegal. My grandfather is an illegal immigrant. My father is first He's generation. He's undocumented, Brad. Right, Use the right me. terminology. My father is first generation American. On my father's side, I'm <laughs> second generation American. So I wasn't here when slavery was around. Neither well, was you're my still responsible. My dad or my grandfather. My grandfather was in Russia. You know, he had nothing to do with the slaves. You know what I'm saying? What what privilege you come from, <laughs> yeah, right, like right. You're really exercising your German privilege here. Right, there you go. Okay, we have to take a break at seven forty one.